My name's Jay Philippi, and I've spent my life in and around the media. TV, radio, the movies, and more. I love them, and I hate them, and I always have an opinion. Call this The View from the Flip Side. There is a huge battle coming in the media world. If it continues on the track it is today, we will start hearing about it in October. That's when the two sides are expected in court to try and work out some of the details. I can't tell you the outcome, but I am pretty sure I can tell you the cause. Ego. One man's desire to control an empire even when he is no longer able to do anything or even much care about what happens to the company that he created. The name of the man in question is Sumner Redstone. If you're into the media, that name may ring a bell. Redstone is the media giant who is the majority owner of a company called National Amusements. They began life as a theater corporation, but are currently the majority stockholders in both CBS and Viacom, which is the parent company of a whole bunch of other media companies, including Paramount Pictures. The boss man is worth about $5 billion as of 2015. That's according to Forbes. Here's where it starts to get sticky, or interesting, depending on your point of view. Sumner is old, 95 in fact, and his health appears to be in decline. I say appears because he hasn't made many public appearances over the last couple of years. That's a problem because he also hasn't bothered to make clear who will take over his seat at the top of the corporation when he becomes incapacitated or dies. His daughter, Sherry Redstone, is seen by some as the designated heir apparent, but the elder Redstone has made moves that indicate that may not be his wish. What he has made clear is actually not clearing anything up. He's been married twice. Part of the first divorce decree was the requirement that all of his stock holdings are in irrevocable trusts for his grandchildren. The trusts control the stock, and as long as he is alive, Redstone controls the trusts. In the first phase of the court wranglings, it also turns out that the trust cannot sell off CBS or Viacom unless National Amusement maintains at least 30% ownership in the resulting company. That's a major problem, especially since both entities are considered takeover candidates in the current media environment. It is going to be a major mess. In addition to the family intrigue, there will be mentions of Redstone's younger girlfriends, the battle between Sherry Redstone and now embattled CBS top dog Les Moonves, and so much more. It will be time to sit back and grab your popcorn. All because of one man's ego. One of the biggest trends in marketing over the last couple of years has been something called influencer marketing. That's a really cool 21st century new media kind of name, but it's really a very old concept. It's celebrity endorsement. In this case, celebrities from the social media world, most especially Instagram celebs. Nothing new here. The assumption goes, this person has lots of followers, so if they endorse our product or service, their followers will give us their money. I've never understood why that works, but it has for generations. I tend to file it under the category of, there's a sucker born every minute. Think about it. The vast majority of celebrities are not, in fact, experts. Most of them are just people with an interest in the subject and who are fun to watch on the computer screen. Yet year after year, we continue to think that they have the inside scoop on what is the best product for us to buy. There is a potential serious downside to letting folks like that influence our decisions. Blogger and Instagram star Jonna Holmgren is renowned for her posts on living outside of the urban landscape with her husband and daughters, moving back to nature, that kind of stuff. 
The problem arose over a new cookbook she had published titled Tales from a Forager's Kitchen. Inside the book were recipes calling for the consumption of raw morel mushrooms, elderberries, and unleached acorns. Now, Holmgren notes on her website that she is not, quoting now, a health professional, medical doctor, nor a nutritionist. The note goes on to say that readers are on their own when it comes to safety. Well, the actual experts were less than thrilled, noting that safety was in fact a problem with some of the food recommendations. The publisher, Rodell Press, has withdrawn the book from circulation. For as long as I can remember, people have been shaking their heads about a lack of common sense, usually in the context that, once upon a time, that commodity was in greater supply than it is today. I'm not so sure that's true. Given decade after decade of people being influenced by the latest fad, fashion, or celebrity, it may be that common sense isn't as common as we would like to believe. Or maybe it's just a matter that we all need to take a step back, take a second look, and a longer thought about who and what we are going to allow to influence us. I'm going to say this now and then repeat myself at the end of the program. What follows is not intended to diminish or malign the talent and brilliance of Aretha Franklin. It is merely that her death is what got me started thinking about this. Why are we so hung up on naming the GOAT, the greatest of all time? I don't remember this kind of conversation coming up when I was a kid. I mean, there were plenty of arguments about whether there was a better right fielder in baseball than Roberto Clemente, but I remember it mostly as a here and now argument. Now, in sports and entertainment, politics and you name it, there seems to be this mania for naming someone the greatest. Following Franklin's death, there were almost immediate proclamations that she was the greatest singer of the 20th century. Now, any discussion of the greatest singers of those hundred years would certainly have to include her. The popularity, the innovation, the impact on society as a whole put her head, shoulders, knees, and elbows above the vast majority of her peers. But somehow, that wasn't enough. What got me thinking was, how would you even make that kind of judgment? At some point, you will have to end up with some form of criteria, hopefully open to logical analysis, that will allow you to make the decision. For something like music, I'm not sure how you create that list without it being colored by your own personal biases. A writer for one major national magazine maintained that Franklin was good, but she wasn't as good as Kelly Clarkson. Now, I'm not a devotee of either singer, but that's so profoundly idiotic as to beggar description. But how would you compare the Queen of Soul with the greatest singer from the start of the century, Enrico Caruso? With the help of the latest technology of the day, Caruso became a household name all around the world. It's way too easy to fall victim to the latest and greatest syndrome or to the all-nostalgia rule and declare that everything was better in the old days. So let's just say that we will pay tribute to the greatness of the artist, whoever they are, that we will remember and rejoice in whatever skill and talent an artist shared with us, and to remember that, especially at the end, life is not all about competition. Aretha Franklin was a brilliant singer, performer, and talent. That should be enough, shouldn't it? Call that The View from the Flip Side. The View from the Flip Side is written and produced by Jay Philippi. You can follow this program on Twitter at Radio Flipside or visit our website at viewfromtheflipside.com. 